Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of August 1st, 2019, including a new Easter egg that has been discovered in the most recent Halo Infinite trailer, Xbox head Phil Spencer comments on bringing high-quality first-party games to Xbox, and much more coming up right now. Before we jump into this week's news, I want to make a correction about something I said last week regarding the news that Xbox One uh, and the new dashboard will be removing Cortana completely. I need to clarify something. I added this story to the show notes just as the news was coming in, and at the time it seemed like uh, what I was reading was that full voice functionality uh, would be completely removed uh, sans Amazon and Cortana apps. However, it appears that um, for all those still using the Xbox Connect like myself, you'll still be able to use the basic voice commands to some extent such as functions like saying Xbox on, Xbox off, etc., uh, meaning that the origin of this podcast name is not yet lost to history, fortunately for me. Sorry for the confusion about that, and I'm glad to hear that we're still going to have some of the voice uh, command functionality. Uh, but yeah, just to make that correction, those rudimentary kind of basic functions will still be there. You're just not going to have the proper Cortana client. All right, now let's get on to the real news. Shocker, it's another slow news week, uh, but the main story is definitely an interesting one, so let's just talk some Halo to start things off. It appears the Halo Infinite Discover Hope trailer that debuted this year at E3 has another Easter egg that went undiscovered until recently. Thanks to Twitter user, I'm not going to try to say this, I'm going to spell it, um, it's at X-E-P-Y-A-L, who discovered that during the frames of the trailer where Microsoft's visor is flashing, there's a hidden QR code that can be pieced together uh, by stitching a couple frames of the video together to make like one coherent, I guess, um, QR code. When properly scanned together, the QR code uh, directs users to a website that plays a 40-second sound clip, revealing an audio recording from none other than Cortana. And if you listen to the audio clip, you hear like, footsteps you hear like these footsteps like walking down a corridor perhaps uh, and then you hear like this like kind of mechanical or like electronic like sound turning kind of on and powering some like some kind of I don't know, it just sounds like something kind of powering up. It uh, almost, I don't know why or if there's any truth to this, but to me, it kind of triggered like a forerunner thought. Um, and then you just hear Cortana say, quote, this, uh, this is part of me. I don't know why. I don't know how, but this is me. And it's obviously Cortana's voice. It's obviously Jen Taylor voicing Cortana. Um, that much is clear. And so obviously, I mean, the first thing is this obviously confirms what 343 has been saying, that of course, Halo Infinite is a continuation of Halo 5's story. So for all intents and purposes, Halo Infinite is Halo six um meaning that we're going to continue the story of cortana kind of going like curing her rampancy by uploading herself into the uh i forget what the, what it's called um the the forerunner uh system thing that prevented them from being destroyed by the flood um and i think so this is either one of two things i think this is either cortana being able to manifest manifest herself into like another life form much like the forerunner were able to do um and then if it's not that, if it's not her like kind of downloading herself into a different being, this could be a different Cortana. This could be the UNSC um, have created perhaps a 
my guess is that the UNSC has used like the stored data they had of Cortana and created a new AI that kind of has all of Cortana's pre-existing data that the UNSC had, uh, but, you know, create a brand new AI that isn't rampant, that isn't, you know, experiencing the difficulties that the regular Cortana had. And so now in Halo Infinite, you're going to get like this kind of newish Cortana that is like Cortana up to an extent. And then Chief is on this mission to put a stop to the old Cortana as she is continuing to corrupt other AIs and, you know, place these guardians on varying planets and kind of controlling humanity, so to speak. So um, that's just kind of my like assumption of what, where the story could be going. It seems like a lot of people seem to think that it is a second Cortana, Uh, but either way, this is just a really exciting uh, little tease more like even more than the fact that we can sit and speculate about what this means. It's just so cool that, you know, the amount of fan service that, you know, 343 knows that fans are so hungry for Halo and that they're so excited for this game that, you know, they're going to give us this, this, like this trailer we got for E3. That's, you know, a nice tonal piece, but doesn't really tell us much about the story and it doesn't really show us any gameplay at all. So they know that fans are going to be speculating and excited and rewatching and pouring over what little news we have on Halo Infinite. So I think it's just so cool that they plugged all these little Easter eggs in. I, I mean, if you can recall a few weeks back or directly after the trailer was shown off, um, when Master Chief's visor st- first boots up um, and it shows like all the codes and numbers kind of like running as, as everything boots up and processes, um, you may recall that a lot of users found out quickly that those numbers were actually like... Uh, were actually like redemption codes for like a free month of Xbox game pass or like, or like Xbox live or something like that. So it's just so cool to see like all these little Easter eggs that they kept throwing in there and to see that even like what's it been like two months since E3, we're still finding <laughs> little Easter eggs and secrets. I mean, and this isn't a little one. This is, I'd argue this is the biggest secret in there because it reveals and kind of teases more of what we're getting in halo infinite. So just really interesting. Who knows if maybe there's even more uh, secrets yet to be discovered through this trailer. Um, and just it's awesome to know that, you know, while I really don't think we're going to hear about Halo Infinite again until either next spring when I think the Xbox Scarlet will be properly revealed or next E3. Uh, it's just nice that we can somehow get something because like what we have in front of us has more to be uncovered, which is just so I don't know. It's so fan servicing the best way to me. And I'm just really excited about that. Um so yeah, I mean, let me know what you think about the audio clip. Um, I mean, if you just Google it, look look up. Um, I'm sorry, this is an Xbox podcast. I should say, if you just Bing it, uh, you should be able to find this audio file no problem. It's really interesting. I, if you're really interested in Halo and where the story's heading in Infinite and Beyond, I would absolutely recommend checking out this clip and feel free to share your thoughts on what you think could be happening uh, in the in in this audio file and and where you think Halo Infinite's going story-wise. All right, our next story. Uh, Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, recently sat down with Fortune Magazine and spoke on the future of Xbox, including the team's goal uh, to bring higher quality exclusives to the ubiquitous gaming platform. When the topic of first-party content came up, comparing Xbox output of games like Forza, Gears of War, and Halo to Sony's impressive lineup with games like God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last of Us Uncharted, and much more, uh, Spencer replied with a thoughtful and lengthy response saying, quote, Content is very important. It's one of the reasons why we're so invested in our studios and grow our investments in studios. We understand that, in the end, gamers play games. We want to have games that attract people. People turn on their Xbox to play games, and I think us having a strong first party at Xbox means that. When you think about an Xbox, you think about the quality of games. We have work to do there. 
We haven't done our best work over there in the last few years. We made a conscious effort to invest in our first party. Some of that is getting on stage and announcing acquisitions. Some of that is hiring. Some of that is ensuring that we have the right amount of time. Some of that is the autonomy that I have now under Satya Nadella, Microsoft CEO. It allows us to look at game development for what it is. And so that's the end of the quote. Uh, There's not like much new to detract from this statement. But again, this is, I mean, these are the kinds of statements I think that really make Phil Spencer as beloved as he is, uh, myself included as, as just being a huge fan of Phil Spencer. Um, I, I stand by it to this day. He is the absolute best thing that ever happened. Uh, like Aside from the Xbox being created, you know, like the whole just kind of unlikely history of, of the Xbox coming to be of Microsoft jumping into the gaming realm and, you know, securing Halo and the kind of the original story of the original Xbox and Halo and kind of what started it all. I think since then, Phil Spencer is easily the greatest thing that's happened to the Xbox brand because, man, I don't know if like there's a better example in all of gaming history or at least in modern gaming history, at the very least, um, of just someone who not only understands the industry inside and out, but who's like truly like a a leader by and for the people like at heart. Like there's it's so obvious Phil Spencer is not putting up a front. He is a gamer. He understands you know, the the kind of gaming climate and he understands where the market is and where the audience is. He knows what people want. He knows how people view the Xbox platform and he's addressing it. And that's exactly what this quote tells me is that he's saying, you know, I'm not stupid. I know that in the, this latter half of the generation in particular, the Xbox One has not been a very attractive platform in the way of exclusive video games because, you know, yeah, we came out a little strong in the beginning. We had, like, the timed exclusivity with Tomb Raider. We had Halo 5. We had a couple great Forza games. And, you know, they've had some other games like Sunset Overdrive, I'd argue, one of the greatest Xbox games of all time, uh, et cetera, et cetera, Quantum Break, whatever. Um, but obviously, the Xbox One, as time has gone on, pales in comparison to the PlayStation 4 when it comes to exclusive content. And he's just saying, like, we know that. But in order, basically what I'm detracting from this statement is that in order for us to really get to where we need to be, we need to be able to take a couple more hints. Hits, And um, I think it's really smart to do that in the Xbox One generation. It's almost like just saying, okay, the Xbox One stumbled out the gate. And then we tried to redeem it, but realized there was only so much we could do. And so what they it seems like what Xbox is doing is is saying, we're going to let this generation be a wash. We're, we're not going to try to redeem the Xbox One. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to use this generation to slowly put all of our put all of our players in, into place and and kind of like build our strategy for what next generation w- will be because gamers are finicky like that right i mean everyone hated playstation 3 right and then playstation 4 comes out and now it's like the only it's the de facto place to play games because gamers are so fucking finicky like that when people announce their hardware it's not really about like your loyalty to the brand you've always been with it's about which team shows up the other team more, you know? And that's what gamers care about, and Xbox understands that. So I, I, I read this as Phil Spencer's way of saying, you know, it wouldn't make sense for us to try to patch together and waste our resources trying to salvage the Xbox One, but instead try to plan, you know, give the Xbox One enough attention to justify its existence throughout the remainder of its life, but also to really invest your time and resources into building up the next generation of Xbox to be, like, to come out the gate 
swinging, punching, throwing throwing the hardest throws and making Sony look like a chump by comparison, uh, which is absolutely what Microsoft's shooting to do. And that's why you see, you know, they, they're so quick to show off all these studio acquisitions they have. But that doesn't translate to, you know, we bought eight studios and now all of a sudden you're going to get a billion new Xbox exclusives of the quality of like Uncharted and The Last of Us all within the next year or two. That's just not how making games works. Rather, what it says to us is that Xbox is gearing up to build these massive studios, this massive talent to build these incredible new and innovative and groundbreaking games. And this will all come out the gate with the Xbox Scarlet. So that next generation, we're not going to fumble the messaging, the marketing. We're going to be really transparent about this being a gaming platform for gamers to play anywhere. If they want powerful gaming, if they want on-the-go gaming, we are here for gamers. And what we have to offer isn't products, isn't services, because that shit's already there. We've already established all that stuff but we're here for games and they're going to use all these studios and all these resources to show us incredible games and that's really the only thing i i think going into this next generation we have to be concerned about clearly this quote shows that phil spencer is also aware of the quality of games you know it isn't enough to just have like a state of decay or something like that while it's nice that those are exclusive games on xbox they certainly don't compete with the highest caliber playstation exclusives and I think Phil Spencer is kind of getting at that here because he's saying, you know, I've got a new boss in, in Satya Nadella, Microsoft's current CEO, um, who is actually quite supportive of the Xbox brand, it seems like. Or maybe not so much supportive as it seems like he just lets the Xbox team kind of do its thing and doesn't really get in their way too much, which is really all you could ask for if you're, if you're Xbox, right? Um, and then you have Phil Spencer leading the pact and, and he's just, you know, he's a guy who worked for Microsoft studios for years. He's a gamer at heart and he's a guy who fucking knows where this, this brand needs to be taken in order to be a serious competitor in the next generation. Um, so I just, I don't know. I see this as Phil Spencer saying, we have all of our ducks in a row. We know what needs to be done. Now all we got to do is keep our heads down, focus on the quality and really make some special, unique, innovative games that are going to give gamers a reason to talk about Xbox and to care about Xbox in the coming years. Um, so, you know, this is, again, this is just a, one of those examples of Phil Spencer being very thoughtful, very thorough, and most importantly, transparent with his audience. Um, like the fact that he, he points out, like, uh, he says, where was it? He says, when you think about Xbox, you think about quality games. We have work to do there. We haven't done our best work over the last few years. He addresses the fact that, you know, Xbox isn't where it should be. And, and you know, it's it's not like corporate PR talk. That's like, he's just straight out saying, we know. We know. There's only been one Halo this generation, and it's not even your favorite Halo. And everyone's saying, you know, you can't rely on Halo and Gears of War forever. You got to make new shit, you know? They're not making, you know, Crash Bandicoot and Spyro still on PlayStation. They're making The Last of Us. You know, Gorilla's not making um, Killzone anymore. They're making Horizon Zero Dawn. Everyone is reinventing themselves and, like, maturing and becoming more than what they once were. And people want to see that happen over on Xbox, too. And this is Phil Spencer saying, we know that, and that's what we're doing. So, th I don't know. I, again, this is another example of, like, if you have your doubts about where Xbox is... Like, you've got nothing to worry about in the coming years because under Phil Spencer's leadership, the, the, this team knows exactly what they're doing and they're heading in all the right directions. I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll eat these words one day, but I have 100% confidence in where Xbox is headed. And I think Phil Spencer um, is taking this brand exactly where it needs to go. Uh, and, I mean, just, just I'm telling you, wait two years, wait a year and a half when we get Xbox Scarlet. The, the conversation on Xbox will be 100% different. 
I promise you. I don't know if it'll be like how we once were with the Xbox 360 when everyone seemingly loved that brand, uh, but I can assure you people will not be hating on Xbox. It will not be like kind of the uh, punching bag in the industry once Xbox really comes out the gate with uh, Scarlet and establishes what what they now are. Okay, our next story is a uh, kind of interesting one. This one, um, it's kind of two stories put into one because the story came out and then there's a lot of backlash and some stuff happened and then kind of a follow-up happened. So let's just, in, without being vague, let's just jump in. It says, so Doom 1, 2, and 3 were recently released for Xbox, Switch, PS4. Um, however, things were a little bit tricky when it came to the Xbox version as the game was already available via backwards compatibility or at least the first two were. Um, for those who already owned the Xbox 360 arcade versions of the game, they were made backwards compatible a couple years ago, uh, and they've been available on Xbox One for a while now um, for people who own the other version to just play on their Xbox One. Uh, however, going forward, for everyone else who hasn't purchased the game or, or wants to play it going forward, um, Bethesda has just released a native Xbox One version of it. So rather than going onto the Microsoft Store and buying the um, Xbox 360 arcade version and having it work on Xbox One, you just buy the new Xbox One built native version of these games. Um, so like that's not a big deal, right? If you had it, you had it. Uh, and if you want to buy it now, you buy the newer version of it. It's still Doom 1. It's just the Xbox One version instead of the backwards compatible 360 version. Not a big deal, right? Well, the confusion the confusion and the oddity um, comes from, you know, when the game when the games were released, players were met with this unfortunate news that in order to play the games, they would need to sign into an existing Bethesda.net account. So not only were uh, were like the native kind of versions a little more pricey than the uh, backwards compatible arcade versions from the 360, but now they have people upset with this, like, in order to play this super old game, you need to suddenly sign into this Bethesda.net account. So that had people really upset. Um, and and I, I believe the Xbox versions of these games were like delayed by a day because of all this like confusion with the arcade version and everything. Um, so people were really loud and boisterous about that throughout the week. And within a couple of days, Bethesda immediately uh, addressed the situation and said, um, you know, after receiving a bunch of backlash, they reversed the requirement, making the sign-in for the Bethesda.net account completely optional. Although to be clear, um, they also said that that was always their intent was to make the sign-in optional. Um, however, for whatever reason, from the start, that wasn't the case. So a lot of people were already pissed off. And then all of this kind of like doom confusion with the sign-in thing that was angering people and like the price of the game going up and then the 360 version not being available anymore. All that was compounded when this was the exact same week when Wolfenstein uh, Youngblood <laughs> was released, um, which I don't know if you're aware of this. Gamers are pretty up in arms about that game for whatever reason. Haven't gotten around to playing it yet, but apparently there was microtransactions. Um, it's kind of getting a little bit away from what Wolfenstein was and people, you know, there's always that argument that they're just trying to, there's like a political agenda or a social justice kind of slant to the game, uh, which we seem to see people complaining about a lot more in games these days. So it was just a really bad week for Bethesda because, you know, this these Doom re-releases re paired with the Wolfenstein Youngblood backlash kind of compounded and just made made Bethesda look really bad, which is already not so great when Bethesda's in a situation where they don't have the respect of gamers because of, you know, Fallout 76 last year and just all this stuff. So uh, another bad week for Bethesda. Uh, but looks like they tried to rectify things a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, this is how gamers are. They want to hate someone, they're going to hate them. So even if they try to do the right thing, I don't think the gamers are going to be so forgiving on Bethesda with this one. 
Uh, and kind of rightfully so with the signing thing, that was a little bit stupid. If they weren't ready, if they didn't have all those things figured out, they shouldn't have just forced the release. There was no reason to. Um, I think the only reason why they pushed it to come out when it did was because they were trying to release it during QuakeCon. Um, but still, that's, I mean, that's just, if, if your thing's not ready to, to launch, then don't launch it. But that goes without saying. Um, but yeah, so just a lot of shit happening in the Bethesda realm these days. <laughs> And uh, if, if more to the Wolfenstein Youngblood argument, just want to point out that game was co-developed, if not mostly developed, by Arcane Studios. Uh, so it wasn't just uh, machine games like normal with these Wolfenstein games. Also, it is kind of like an expansion side campaign game. It's not like a main entry in the Wolfenstein series. Um, so just keep in mind that there are a lot of factors that kind of affected uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood from being like a just more of the same and kind of what made it so different. Um, that's not to excuse it for being bad, which I don't know if it's good or bad. I haven't played it yet, but you know, people are just kind of shitting on it saying that machine games dropped the ball. Um, but I really don't think machine games had as big a hand in this release as people think they, they do. So just keep in mind, there was another studio that had a big hand in the development of this game, um, which could explain why it's such a deviation from what we've come to expect from Wolfenstein. All right, in our wrap-up story for the week, uh, this is a nice, lighthearted, fun one. If a recent leak is to be believed, it appears that Gears 5 will be getting a limited edition Xbox One controller and controller stand released sometime around the game's launch. According to a photo leaked by Twitter user at X0H0D, the controller seems to be just a standard Xbox One gamepad, but all in white with gray accents faded from a worn wash kind of look throughout. Um, the analog sticks feature a striking gray on blue with the Gears logos from the, on uh, the front side of the controller as well as on the controller stand itself. If the leak is to be believed, it won't be unlike the limited edition controllers that we saw released for Halo 5, Gears of War 4, Sea of Thieves, which were also similarly awesome uh, looking controllers and in very short supply. So, I mean, this one isn't like big news, but I felt it was worth noting because every time Xbox does these limited edition controllers for like a new first party game, they're fucking awesome. Uh, and this one looks no different. If you see the if you see the picture, I know this is an audio podcast, so it's not really all that easy to get a feel for what I'm talking about. But this controller looks really really cool. Um, it's uh, and I just I'm a sucker for like a nice like white on gray kind of snow looking controller, and this one just looks really really good. Um, I can't imagine this is not happening. Um, it's I mean it's a controller. It's not like no one stands to benefit from like faking the news about a new controller coming out. It's just a standard Xbox controller. But for those of you who are big Gears fans or for whatever reason are in the market for a new Xbox controller, maybe you want to play some couch co-op when Gears 5 comes out, this is definitely an option. Um, I think we'll see it announced pretty soon as the game is about a month away from being released. So um, if this is to be believed, I would assume in the next week or two we'll hear about it. Uh, but just keep your eyes peeled for a new limited edition Gears 5 controller. And this just reminds me how salty I am that I never got that Sea of Thieves controller that was all like blue and like weird looking and shiny and awesome. And it was available for like 10 seconds and it sold out instantly and we never got it again. But it was a really cool looking controller. All right. And that's going to do it for this week's news. Next, we're going to talk about, of course, the new game releases of the week from the Xbox Wire. Um, so this week, uh, kind of some bigger releases, but actually a lot of releases coming out and some more notable ones. 
And by notable, I mean Madden NFL 20, which is, of course, a massive game, one of the best-selling games of the year every year, uh, and a game I think a lot of Xbox gamers like. Without further ado, let's just go down the list and talk about the games coming out this week. So, like I just said, first game, Madden NFL 20 Ultimate Superstar Edition, which releases on July 30th, so it's already out. Uh, and this is Xbox One X Enhanced. And judging by the fi- pic- judging by the uh, picture, I mean, the gra- I'm not going to lie, the graphics for this game look incredible. And it is Xbox One X Enhanced, so it's virtually like a lifelike looking game, like a real life looking game. Um, so my guess is that this isn't a video game at all, and that in fact what happens when you play this game is you're really just playing God and you're actually controlling a real NFL game. So be careful when playing this game because you don't want to get these NFL stars hurt. Um, I know these games are pretty realistic, so you can absolutely like wreck havoc on these NFL players. So just just be careful when playing this game because I don't again, I don't think it's a video game. I think I think when you plug this game into your console and you pick up the controller, I think you're actually controlling these NFL stars. Um, so just be aware that their fate and their well-being is in your hands and that you have the power to, you know, make or break not only their careers, but their lives. So um, just, yeah, just be mindful of that because this game, you know, it's called Madden NFL 20, but I really think it should be called God Simulator, God Simulator Football Edition because the graphics are so, like, they're way too real. There's no way this is a video game. It's definitely real life. So yeah, I mean, just be careful. Make sure you don't get the football players into any trouble with, with dog fighting or wife beating or anything like that because, you know, we don't need any more of that. Uh, but our next game is actually a pretty cool looking game. It's called Mutant Year Zero Seed of Evil, which is a horrible name. But it comes out July 30th, so again, this game's already out. But this game looks really nice. It has a striking art style. Um, you see a couple characters in the woods. However, it looks like one character is a female human, one character is a duck, one character is a moose, and one character is like a like some kind of monkey or something. But everyone is standing on two legs, dressed in like human clothing, uh, and equipped with weaponry and camping equipment. So, I mean, this is really nice because this is a universe where... Uh, humans are just as, I mean, where ducks and moose and monkeys are just as advanced as humans and just as, you know, autonomous. So what I really think is, is cool about this game is that it's definitely like a social metaphor for like, you know, we see a lot of people arguing for like different rights, you know, depending on your gender or your sexual orientation, things like that. And this game is kind of making taking a social stance on, I think a part of the conversation that gets unfortunately ignored too often, which is like, we just don't think about animal rights, you know, like what if a duck wants to dress in like headgear and hold a gun and stand on two feet and kind of like, you know, go on adventures and do the things humans do. Like, why do we, why do we discriminate against ducks and only allow, or and only allow humans to kind of partake in that lifestyle. And so I don't know if you're really a socially conscious person if you really believe in equality for all, I think you got to play this game. And I think if you're not playing this game, you're probably a bigoted person. And um, in that case, I want nothing to do with you. And I'd, I'd prefer if you stop listening to my show right now. But that's Mutant Year Zero. Um, and it's definitely my game of the year right now. Okay, our next game is called The Blackout Club. This game also looks pretty cool. Uh, judging by the screenshot, we see uh, a guy who's like creeped up on a roof and another guy who's on a different roof and he's got like a crossbow gun. And they're like staring at the street corner where there's like a, a car with a headlight shining on a deer and the deer's shadows reflecting against his house. I mean, obviously, this is a hunting game. Without a doubt, this is a hunting game, but it's not like going into the woods and hunting. This is like hunting in your everyday suburban environment. So you got you got like it looks kind of like a like a 
like a U-Haul kind of moving truck. You've got this guy standing on a roof with a crossbow. This is like modern urban hunting. This is using what God gave you. This is using what, what man has created to destroy nature, which I think is really quite beautiful because you can use your vehicles and run over the deer. You can use your advanced machinery and guns and kill the deer. Um, and you can also just shine the spotlight on the deer, which is what's happening in this picture. And I think why it's important to spine the spotlight on the deer is to give it a chance to kind of state its case and to defend itself. Uh, and then you can kill it anyway, because at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that animals are subservient to humans. And that's just how it's always been. That's how it always should be. Um, so the the Blackout Club, probably my game of the year right now. Definitely something I, 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 I would, you know, if you don't check it out. I mean, when I when I look at the statistics for my podcast, it shows where people are listening from. And I can use that information to track every one of you down and and physically harm you if you don't play this game. So there you go. I am threatening you to play to play this game. So do it. Um, our next game is called Super Willow Demake. Now this is a 2D side scrolling kind of game, except the kid that you play as is wearing a hoodie. Um, kind of looks like ET a little bit because you know it's a little boy. He's wearing a hoodie, but he seems like he's lost his bike. Um, and in this game, it looks so much like an iPhone game, but there's like, you collect coins, you jump on little bad guys, kind of like Mario. Um, and honestly, I, I don't know, I'm just fucking tired of these games, so I'm not even going to try to make that funny. Um, the next one is called The Tower of Beatrice, and this looks like a puzzle kind of adventure game. Uh, and I hate those games, even though everyone pretends that they loved them when they really didn't. When everyone pretends they play like those old Lucasfilm games, those LucasArt games, like uh, Monkey Island and whatnot. Uh, and Day of the Tentacle, but they didn't play those games because no one played those games because they're really niche and they're not really that fun and they're kind of annoying and I hate puzzles. So I'm not going to give that game the time of day. However, I will say this about it before I move on. The Tower of Beatrice is Xbox One X enhanced, which means when you when you flip the switch from regular Xbox One to X enhanced version, you are definitely going to see some things that are really going to enhance the quality of the game. I'm, I'm assuming that entails things like... Uh, uh, voluptuous, uh, voluptuous, attractive women, uh, um, beer and, uh, uh like, uh, Confederate flags. So, um, that's definitely going to make the game like elevate the game and make it a lot more, uh, enjoyable. Okay. Our next game is called pilot sports, which comes out on July 31st. Of course, that means it is already out. Uh, and it is a play anywhere game. So you fucking PC nerds can also enjoy this game. And essentially what this game looks to be is a complete knockoff of Pilot Wings, which is a uh, kind of a more like a sleeper hit Nintendo game, um, which was released on uh, SNES. And then they made a sequel for it on the 3DS as a launch game um, in that those games are both very boring. And this game looks very boring as well, which is why I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But if you want to pl uh, fly cartoon airplanes, you can fucking waste your money and play that game. Now, our next game is called Solo Islands of the Heart. Unfortunately, this is not related to the 2018 film Solo, a Star Wars story, um, but you still play as a, a guy on an adventure, uh, presumably to uh, save his love interest and kind of rekindle their romance. Um, and this is kind of like a weird, like po polygonal, fun art style kind of adventure game. Uh, unfortunately, I just don't condone the kind of adventure you're going on because it insinuates that all women need to be saved by men. And I really think it's, it's, um, I really think all women need to be saved by other women because women are strong and powerful and men are, uh, useless and incapable. And so this game is just a little sexist in that regard. Uh, but to be fair, it was made by a bunch of men. So what do they know? 
Uh, and the next game is called The Church of Darkness. This game's really good. This game used to be available on um, uh, the Leapfrog. I played it a lot when I was a kid. Um, it's called The Church of Darkness. It's it's out on the second, so it'll be out tomorrow. It is Xbox One X enhanced, so if you really want to enjoy those uh, crappy Leapfrog graphics in full HD. Uh, full 4k then i recommend you flip on the xbox one x enhanced this game is incredible and i really don't want to spoil the story for you so i'm just not going to tell you any more about it Uh, but our next game is called varen varen hey varen something there's a caterpillar and it's a play anywhere game so you can play on pc which is the only place i recommend playing it the game after that is called as divine menace now this game looks like kind of a turn-based style japanese role-playing game um, however, there's a really cute little squirrel in the middle of the battlefield with boxing gloves. So that's that's fun. Uh, you, you know, there's like monsters, there's little anime girls with colorful hair and big boobs that look overly feminine. Uh, but then there's like this little squirrel and he's just in the middle of the battlefield with boxing gloves. So that's the only redeeming quality. And that is also an Xbox Play Anywhere uh, game. So our next game is called Meow Motors. It's a kart racer and it looks kind of like Lucky, Super Lucky's Tale that... Um, oculus xbox game that came out a few years ago uh but it's just a kart racer and guys please fucking play team sonic racing it is the best kart racer that's come out in a very long time and i hate that it got overshadowed uh no i didn't get overshadowed at all actually it got completely neglected and then a month or two later crash team racing came out and got all the attention and now i'm gonna laugh in your face because crash team racing is getting microtransactions so suck a uh fat chicken nugget and also before i move on meow motors is xbox one x enhanced so be sure to enjoy that in full 720p um, and then our final game our wrap-up game this week is called superstar blaster which is a twin sticks space shooter and while i love these games i must say i'm fucking tired of these games because they are a dime a dozen it is xbox one x enhanced it comes out tomorrow and you can play it if you want but i'm not going to give it the time of day because i'm so incredibly tired of those games all right Now we're going to talk about the games with gold for this week. It is the first of the month, which means all new games are coming out this month for games with gold. Um, And this is one of the better months in a long time we've seen for games with gold, especially on the Xbox One front. So throughout the month of August, from the 1st through the 31st, uh, the free game is Gears of War 4. Um, And of course, while, you know, all Xbox One exclusives are, of course, available on Game Pass, if you don't have Game Pass or if you want to, like technically own the game i mean that's dude that's i mean gears of war 4 that's awesome that's 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 a great one gears 4 if you haven't played it for whatever reason is in my opinion the very best gears of war game i know that's a little bit of a controversial opinion because everyone uh is so hell-bent on being nostalgic and for whatever reason sequels are never allowed to be better than the old ones it's like star wars no matter how much better every disney star wars movie is we always have to lie to ourselves and stay say that empire strikes back is our favorite even though we were born in like 1994 and we totally weren't alive when empire strikes back uh came out we're still gonna lie and say it's the best even though it's not um so that's kind of what gears of war 4 suffers from where people just insist that two and three are better but they're not four is better and it's really fucking awesome and if you haven't played it i highly recommend it obviously it's games with gold this month because this is the month leading up to gears 5 release so it's a great way to kind of refresh yourself on the gears of war franchise if you haven't um but then the other xbox one game that is out this week uh which will be available from the 16th through september 15th so starting in the middle of august running through the middle of september um is forza motorsport 6 this is one of the more recent Forzas. Um, Motorsport 7 is the most recent Motorsport, um, and Horizon 4 is the most recent Horizon game. But Forza 6, uh, uh, that one was released in 2015. Yeah, that's a 2015 game. Motorsport 6 is, I mean, it's more Forza, but 
the Forza Motorsport series is fantastic. If you've never played it, they're like really nerdy simulating racing games and they are highly detailed and super fun to play. Um, they're not arcadey like the Horizon games, but if you're more into the the technical, like realistic aspects of racing games, I highly recommend this game. Plus it's free, plus it's fucking awesome. And then of course our two 360 games for the month, for the first half of August from the 1st through the 15th, you get uh, Torchlight, uh, which I never played, so I'm not going to speak to. Um, and then for the second half of the month, from the 16th through the 31st, you get Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Uh, so, I mean, another Castlevania game. I know Symphony Night was recently on, on Xbox Games of Gold. Uh, some more Castlevania for you, which is, you know, that screams to me. Bloodstained recently came out. Re- sorry. Bloodstained recently came out. This screams to me that konami wants you to say like kind of capitalize on the castlevania nostalgia going on right now and say hey don't forget about actual castlevania which bloodstain is based on so you know i mean that's i mean people love castlevania i haven't played this one i haven't played castlevania but it's there for you um that is a total of 94 dollars 96 cents in value plus 6200 gamer score again this is definitely one of the more robust months we've seen in a while Four games with gold. I'm definitely going to recommend you play Gears of War 4. Play Gears of War 4. And speaking of Gears of War 4, the Game Pass Spotlight slash what I've been playing this week is Gears of War 2 still. Uh, I know last week I said Gears 2. This week I really haven't had a lot of time to play games. Uh, but when I have found the time, I've just been kind of slowly making my way through Gears 2. I think I'm in like the last 30 minutes of the game. I'm at the end of the fifth chapter or the fifth act of the game. So I'm, I'm pretty much done with it. And then I hopefully plan on getting to Wolfenstein Youngblood. Uh, but I, I, I mean, I've got to say, just to kind of elaborate on what I said last week, um, as someone who played Gears 1, you know, years and years ago and thought it was just okay, uh, and then tried to play Gears 2 and just gave up and said, you know what, this franchise is not for me, walked away from it for years, came back and played Gears 4 about a year or two after that release. I got to say, you know, the new Gears of War games, just they just do it for me. I don't know what it is. It's the characters, it's the setting, it's the story. It's a little more intimate, it's a little more character-driven, it's a little less like bloody, gray, war, underground fighting monotony, and it's a little more like varied and the characters are interesting. I just I'm just more interested in the newer Gears games. But yeah, I know I mean I know Gears 2 and 3 are like, I don't know, maybe Gears 1 and 2. I don't know. Just 2 seems like the one people remember the most. Gears of War 2, for whatever reason. That's the one I just think of when I think of people that love Gears of War. And I just got to say, no, it's been fun. I've had a good time in playing the game. Um, there have been moments where I'm like, okay, some of this game design's a little dated now, but I mean, that's to be expected. The game is like 11, almost 11 years old now. I, I just don't know, man. Gears of War 2, it doesn't do it for me like 4 does. And 1 didn't do it for me like 4 does. And I wanted to blast through 2 and 3. I don't know if I'll be able to get to 3 uh, before the 5th game comes out because I want to play some other games like Control and Wolfenstein Youngblood. But I mean, Gears... Gears 2, again, it's it's a fun game. If you haven't played it and you like Gears of War for whatever reason, you should play it. But like I just said, Gears 4 is a Games with Gold game this this month. It is a far superior game, and it's kind of something of a soft reboot for... It is like the, um, the Force Awakens for Gears of War, where like it kind of takes the old cast and brings them into a modern era and hands the torch off to the new cast. So it is something of a soft reboot. Um, and in my opinion, it's vastly superior, but... Almost done with Gears of War 2, kind of having a decent time with it. I'm, I'm glad that I get to play something else in a little bit because I'm, I'm excited to play some Wolfenstein or maybe just Apex Legends. I kind of want to play Apex a little bit. I know people hate that game now for some reason, but 
Apex is good shit. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. I, I got really droney off in the last part there. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate you listening if you got all the way through. As always, you know, please rate me on iTunes. You can rate the show. You can rate me. You can rate my my performance at my job. I don't care. Just give me a rating. Five-star minimum. And say nice things about my hair. Uh, I really work hard to make sure my hair looks the best it can be. Uh, and if, if I could just get your praise on my hair, that's all you need. Just write a review, you know, go to Xbox on, on iTunes, click write a review, hit five stars, title it something like, uh, like beware of the hair. And then in, in the review, just write like, wow, Jesse has really nice hair and Gears of War four is superior to the earlier Gears of War games. And this podcast is awesome. The end. Yeah.